0: Hello everyone, thank you for joining us for the first live Beer with Darren, uh, where we're gonna chat some marketing and have a beer, frankly. So, for anyone that doesn't know the reason behind this, not only is it because it's great marketing material, but actually I lost my excuse to drink um, when we got put on lockdown. So when my wife used to say to me, where are you, I used to say I'm in the pub, um, and I lost that excuse straight away. Now, tonight's really special, because when I used to say I was in the pub, this is the person I used to be in the pub with. So, <laughs> Uh, tonight, we're joined by Richard Turrell. Um, Richard, say hello. How are you?
1: Hello, I'm good. Um, Darren, this is really good. I've spoken to you a lot over the last few weeks, and you've always been in a shed. And I was worried about your home life, your <laughs> mental health. It's nice that you've been allowed indoors for this call.
0: Well, it's after eight o'clock, so I'm allowed back in. Um, very strict <laughs> regime. Uh, she, I think she got it from the Prime Minister. She said, no, your husband's got to stay in the shed eight to eight every single day.
1: <laughs> what are you drinking? Right, I've got a confession, and this isn't a preachy confession. I decided during lockdown I wasn't going to touch any booze whatsoever, so I've pushed the boat out, and I'm drinking ginger beer, which I think qualifies for beer with Darren. Just about. You've, you've squeezed it through. <laughs> What's the reason for not drinking? Um, I just went a few days and just realised, actually, I'm not drinking. Let's just keep going. I'm not going to pretend that I exercise much. I'm not going to pretend I'm healthy in any way whatsoever, but it just has grown and grown and grown. Now I'm drinking probably the most sugary, unhealthy drink in the world, but hey-ho. Hey.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm drinking less. I know that. I am drinking less, um, but sometimes I drink quite strong spirits to get through. I don't know if anyone else is in that. that. Is this when you're in the shed? It depends wherever I am. You know, I'll reach for the vodka when I would never normally have a vodka at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday, but <laughs> that's what it is. I've lost all track of time. So anyway, thank you so much for joining me. For the people that don't know you, would you mind just doing a little bit of background on yourself?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, plotted history many, many moons ago when, I think as we mentioned earlier, my hair wasn't quite as receded as it appears to be now. I trained as a journalist, had these great aspirations to work in radio journalism, take on the world, tried a bit of radio journalism, realized I was bang average at it. So got into a little bit of marketing. Initially, PR marketing helped build a tech-focused marketing agency up. Spent five years there, and then someone that gets mentioned a lot in these podcasts. But my first recruitment marketing boss was Adam Nichol, who's now marketing director at Randstad. He lured me into a group head of digital role at Five Ten Groups. So we had loads of different recruitment brands that you've probably heard of, may not have heard of, and then for I think I was there for three years. Loved it. Went and did a short stint at a recruitment software company. Realised I missed recruitment agencies too much. Once you're sucked in, that's you done for life. Joined a really cool agency called Stanton House about five years ago. Helped support that business and we trebled in size from 30-odd consultants up to 90 staff by then. And then joined Handle Recruitment at least five months ago. Handle, if anyone doesn't know purely recruits into the creative industries and one of the things we're really proud of is we only work with recruitment businesses um ignore that that's my initial screw up already i've done there. we only work with companies that just have great brands so really cool experience 40 year old business the original founder still in the business stella she's an absolute legend has more stories about every musician in the world and yeah love my life great bunch of people and on this marketing recruitment journey with them as well
0: amazing and you're not even drinking and you've already messed up so that's um i think think that's the problem (laughs) too much sugar in this ginger beer you need to drink it loosens you up a little bit (laughs) what i find really interesting is actually everything that i'm doing right now well not everything i'm gonna i'm gonna take a little bit of credit myself but a lot of what i'm doing right now is actually down to you so i i've really appreciate the time that you've taken out to work with me to make me understand actually what recruit marketers would want from, from Pager because Pager is a recruit marketing tool at the end of the day um, and it's really difficult to market to marketers because they know every single trick in the book you know they know what retargeting adverts are they know what downloadable content is so the moment you try and use as usual things that you would read in a book you may as well just admit that yeah I'd like to sell you something hey this is me so I really appreciate you taking the time out for that. And I think actually what you said earlier about you having that software experience really led into that. So I want to start there, if that's all right, and chat to you about your time in software. How did you, how did yeah. you find the difference between marketing and software through recruitment?
1: Um, software is a lot more reliable than people. It's what I worked out very, very quickly. You know the product you've got and you know what it can deliver and what it can't deliver. So obviously you're still working with sales teams, but you have something tangible to be able to sell. I didn't actually enjoy it that much. It felt a little safe for me. I like recruitment marketing because again, you're dealing with people, you're dealing with the unpredictability, and you're also dealing with, I hate saying that candidates are our product, but you're dealing with something different on a day to day basis, and especially working within a multi business like Handle. You could be working with candidates that are, say, a CFO or a head of finance, but then the next day you could be working for or working with an EA or a PA of a record label. So that's amazing. Going back to recruitment software business, it was still good fun. I think what we were doing was a lot of events. We've done lots of FaceTime marketing, so it was really about just being there, being physical. And a lot of the budget was spent in different ways to what you usually would within a recruitment agency.
0: And, and given the current situation, obviously being physical and being at events right now isn't possible. How do you think software companies, and excluding Pager, how do you think software companies need to adapt to the current times?
1: That's a really tough question to answer. The Obvious thing to do is can you make those physical events digital? I know that we've done that a lot at Handle recently and we're running the whole HR series, but we're also in a transition period at the moment where people have Zoom fatigue. I don't know if anyone out there is hosting events, but it almost feels like a week by week basis. You'll have more black screens, whereas initially you had lots of faces, people looking really enthusiastic, and it is just dwindling a little bit. As people are just getting sick of looking at that little picture in the corner as we are now of you in a room that looks very very small (laughs) there's not much space around it i think people are just getting a bit bored of it but recruitments um, agencies are doing one thing software businesses it's just about doing what's right for your customers and i know that's the conversation we have a lot of the time it's asking them do they want you to try to replicate that um, event, physical event you're going to do pretty much like for like, but do it virtually? Or is there something better? And by being able to do things virtually, this is probably a bit controversial, but we're in really testing trying times at the moment. So people don't hold you to account as much if you screw up. There's less expectation on what we're doing as marketers. And as long as you're doing it for the right reason, if you try a campaign, it falls flat on its ass, you get zero ROI, just move on and do something else. So that's probably my big advice at the moment is, as long as it remains truthful to your brand and your wider marketing strategy, just give it a go, see what happens. Give it a go and measure it. And I, I think,
0: actually we had Janine on this a little while ago and and her biggest tip for getting sales and marketing work together was to give it a go, but make sure people are involved from the start. So in your, in your time in marketing sort of, Beyond the software side, let's just jump into the recruitment side. At, um, was it 510 Group, you said? Yeah, initially, yeah. 510 Group and Stanton House and Handle. What's, what's your relationship been like with the sales team, and how do you think they view marketing in that situation?
1: Very, very differently. Um, 510 Group was a very different beast because we're 500-plus recruitment business, and where I was in a global role, it was quite hands-off with consultants most of the work I was doing would be with managers and directors. And that's just the nature of the beast. If you're working across that we had 14 different countries, 20% of the role was based in um, a business called Antel Russia that was in Moscow. So I didn't have that much hands or day-to-day support with those consultants. So it was more about working with the marketing managers we had and trying to create campaigns that they could then roll into their teams.
0: It's... It must have been difficult to get buy-in from the start of a campaign because a, a lot of what um, I think the, the way to solve the problem between sales and marketing is to get the buy-in early on. But if you're, if you're coming up with the campaigns at a higher level and then filter them down, how did, you, how did you get buy-in at a lower level? Or did you just not? Did it just not happen?
1: um most of it was that you're working with marketing managers or marketing executives for them that really understand each of the brands they're working with and they have the really tight relationships the way i always try to explain it is luckily now i have a fantastic relationship with the consultants i work with at uh, handle but what you have to do is you have to trust the people that you're working with to just understand what you're doing and then for you to understand what their needs are as well. So oh, I think we have a bit of a chat going on at the moment, Darren. Hey Jim, how are you? Come on, you've got to type quick. I'm asking how you are, Jim. Oh, there you go. It's <laughs> <laughs>
0: <He's>
1: good. <laughs> there you go. We've got chat functionality. But, sorry, easily distracted, Darren. I feel like I'm taking over your, <laughs> your
0: website. No, I've, I've seen. I've seen your websites with pop-ups in the corner that you get distracted by. It's fine.
1: We are good that. Um, yeah, so going back, the Wayne, Janine absolutely um, hit it on the head. What you have to do is you have to get everyone's buying immediately to understand what the shared goals are. So any marketing campaign that a marketer is creating to impress other marketers is always going to fall flat on his ass. It's just not going to work. So you just have to understand the challenges of the salespeople that you're expecting to share and leverage that campaign you're creating. It's
0: a, it's a really interesting point. And you mentioned you've got a good relationship at Handle. Now we've done a survey recently of over a hundred salespeople people and asked them what their relationship was like with their marketers. And I'm not sure if this will surprise you, but over 50% said they had a terrible relationship. Does that surprise you? Or does that seem about right in your working experience?
1: That's not a terrible relationship with everybody. Um, this... I just feel like today, recruitment marketers are going to hate me by the end of it. But we're all human. If you have a bad relationship with one or two people that are always pushing back, saying no, 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 that feels a bigger part of your brain compared to all of the other consultants that are actually on board, want to help you, want to support you. So I'm surprised by that because you will find that most salespeople want marketing to work if you went to a salesperson and said, if you had the choice of having no marketing department or a marketing department, I'd be very surprised if more than a handful said, no, let's get rid of them.
0: Jim's asked the question whether it's bad or disconnected at times. So we actually broke that down further, Jim. So it was um, 38%, sorry, give me one moment, I'll get the exact stats for you. So 38% said they had a weak relationship. Um, 13, around 14%, sorry, he said it was non-existent and terrible. Um, and the rest basically said up and down or strong relationship. It was, it was only 25% that said that a strong relationship and let's, let's concentrate on the strong. We know there's a negative thing between sales and marketing, but let's concentrate on the strong relationship you have at Handle. How have you achieved that?
1: Um, the obvious thing to do is it goes back to that point understand what people's problems are and understand what their job is as well so you if you go to a salesperson and just assume that the most important thing of their day is what you're about to ask them to do you're going to fail immediately if you don't understand when their busy times are of the week when they're really stressed when they're really struggling even being commercial enough to understand is their team doing well at the moment are they absolutely drowning in vacancies? If someone's drowning in vacancies and just having to be really reactive, and then as a marketer you go and approach them and say, I really want you to help me with this campaign so we can generate more leads for you, they aren't going to be able to deliver on those leads. So you've already pissed them off because you've approached them with something that is actually going to, it sounds ridiculous, cause them more of a headache if they support you with it. So the good relationships is, 100% about understanding where they are what's happening and that's not what was happening last month that's what's happening in their world today and whether there's anything within your marketing strategy that will absolutely support them obviously all marketing strategies are long term and you have to tie that in but it has to be about thinking tactically about the here and now and the the today
0: and you you mentioned having commercial now, surround you as a marketer. So, how do you, and I'm, I'm going to say the term marketing at this point, right? So, what does marketing mean to you? Is it a term, number one, that you hate? Is it, because um, some people actually hate it. That's what I'm starting to realize, but I personally love it because I think it's a really good conversation starter. So, what does marketing mean to you? And do you think that sums up what
1: you've accomplished at Handle? Smarketing, um, as a phrase, I actually quite like it because it explains exactly what it should be, sales and marketing. Working together. I know it sounds really cheesy, but kind of how we it's supposed here. to be, isn't it?
0: Major, we are cheese. That's what we do.
1: Come on, <laughs> <laughs> so you go use that as a tagline. Um, the one problem, I guess, with marketing is just having that honest conversation with everyone that's involved, and that's obviously is the sales guys and the marketing team around where responsibility for that mix lies, because if people go in and think for us to get that sell it's going to be 50% input from marketing, 50% input from sales, then that is completely illogical because most recruitment businesses you look at, and this is real finger in the air stats, you may have one marketer for say 40 recruitment consultants. So you have a really big group of people in sales and then you have a much smaller marketing team. So marketing is just what you're all doing together. And of course, if marketing's not, helping sales kind of question what you're doing in a very sales driven environment like recruitment
0: absolutely and and i think the biggest thing with with marketing and you know if you want to achieve it it needs to be tied to revenue goals and then you break it down from there so every everybody's working towards the same goal do you have in your in your marketing setup do you have revenue goals and attribution to marketing in that
1: I do. Most of it's in my head, which is fantastic. So um, again, having, I'm um, being in a position where I'm building a marketing function for Handle, that we're going through an incredible journey that is really about how marketing can be the BD hub of the business. How can marketing basically stop people having to make those cold calls that no one wants to make? It's about what initiatives can we put in place that just really drives the business forward. And one of the obvious things with that as well, and this kind of falls down to revenue goals as well, is marketing can only go so far. So having standalone marketing metrics, they're great for me. It might be how many leads you've generated, how many grade A candidates you've generated, but you still need to then work with the sales team to make sure that those are actually converted and then once you convert those that you're nurturing those relationships moving forward so my big metric that I use myself it's all around community so we're in an industry where it's about people so how many people will a consultant have in their network that are absolutely engaged that have provided testimonials that will attend events that will recommend us to everybody they know that is a marketing conversion for me if we can then track how we actually got to that stage as well one problem that you often have with these standalone stats is if you aren't just looking around what has marketing generated what's this one campaign generated it's not going to give you a very healthy pipeline it's almost just going to start throwing things at you going back to my earlier point if marketing suddenly generates 400 leads then your sales team are absolutely up against it working jobs you're not going to convert those leads it doesn't mean marketing have done a bad job because marketing have done a really good job they've achieved that initial kpi but then nothing's happened with it so that gap that you've got in the middle is where you've fallen down and that's kind of where or it feels weird saying marketing but that's where marketing comes into play
0: Absolutely, and do, you, do you have um, MQLs and SQLs defined? Um, do you have marketing qualified leads for anyone that's on, do you have those SLAs in place internally, or do you, again, are they in your head and you've, you, you've um,
1: run you? At the moment, I'm. and this being completely honest and transparent, I'm using them to guide my own marketing strategy, but I'm using them in a very light touch way with the business, because we're building something which is gonna be really, really exciting, but especially at the moment as we're trialing out different things, um, I don't really like Gary Vee, but one of his phrases is um, around what's the ROI of your mum, And he swears a lot during that as well, so I'll okay. drop that. But I always have that in the back of my head that when you're trying to build something, if you're too heavy on ROI and really tight KPI metrics to start with without the bigger picture at the end, you're gonna screw up because you're focused on the short term. So I have the goals and targets I want to achieve because I know if I, day by day, achieve what I know we need to, we will get there in the end. But sharing those with a business at the moment would actually be quite dangerous because then it becomes a bit of a KPI game of just keep doing what you're doing what you're doing and it has to be bigger and smarter. So I've got my big goals at the end and I know those steps we have to take to get there. And then I guess there's quite a bit of trust in the business that I'm going to get us there. And I will, and I do feed the data back to the business when it's needed as well.
0: I completely get that. And let's just take a little break because Mr. Roberts at Petroplan has asked a question. Um, sorry if you didn't want your company name named there, Alex, but I recognize your name so tough.
1: Um, I we can bleep it out in the record and it'll be fine. Beep.
0: Um, <laughs> I find recruiters don't want to talk to marketing, but they want a brochure, website, et cetera. It's confusing, right? Um, so, yeah, and I, I think that comes down to the classic in department, right? Not understanding that marketing can be revenue generated, not revenue taken. They're not there to make things pretty. They're not there to put pitch decks together at the last minute. They are there to be part of your sales strategy and actually should be feeding the sales machine. Do you have anything to, to add to that? And I think Alex has hit the nail on the head on what a lot of the frustrations are for recruit marketers.
1: Um, One of the things, and this is kind of that myth, is there is a bit of recruitment where we have to make things look pretty. That's kind of something that we have to do. As much as it really pisses off every recruitment marketer I know, there is a bit of our job of stuff that we just have to do. And that might be tidying up a deck. You've got to do it. If that can win you a £1 million project, absolutely, you should be doing it. And it should look incredibly pretty. It should be the prettiest document you've ever seen because you can have a direct impact on sales. What you need to do, and going back to Alex's point, is if you do the basics, which are really good brochures and really consistent brochures with really good sales messaging, if you make sure that your website is really tight and it's on brand and it mirrors the culture of the business and it supports your sales team, you can then start layering on and on and on and on. Do recruiters talk to marketing? I don't know, the environments I've been in, people have always spoken to me maybe i'm just this really annoying extrovert that doesn't let the environment not be in that way because i'll always talk to them but if you are in marketing and again it keeps going back to that point if you understand what sales need and what sales want then recruiters will want to talk to you because they will come to you with say a problem that they may not go to their manager about because they don't know how their manager will workshop it with them they will come and say, look, I've got an idea. Do you think it's a good idea? A really cool example that happens, and I've shared this one with you about six weeks or so ago, is a really cool consultant in our business called Dan. He works within the design space, so design and creative recruitment. Clearly, the industry has been challenging over the last few weeks, so he wanted to do something to give back to his community. So he came to me with a really good idea and just said, Why don't we create something where every day we create a design brief that people can complete in 10 minutes and it will be a distraction? There's no obvious commercial game for us to start with. We'll just do something to help build a community. Then the plan is that the community leads itself. He then got senior design and creative professionals to set the briefs. And again, it's 11 o'clock every day. He deals with the admin. Within, I want to say it's two and a half weeks, he had a thousand members of this group and it's grown and grown and growing. And the feedback we've had from that is at the moment, we may not be able to do much for this massive community of people, but we know in the future when they're in their own roles and they need to hire, there's always going to be a bit in their head where they just remember that time where we weren't selling to them. We were just kind of helping them through a tough period, giving them something to do every day. And that purely came from a conversation that a consultant had with me about, should we do this, could we do it? Going back to that point, a lot of recruiters may not speak to marketers because you will find that whilst marketers are having to look after a brochure, look after a website, having to do LinkedIn training, having to um, deal with job adverts, job boards, and the 101 other projects they've got on, they may just not have the capacity to work with consultants and say let's give it a go and as a recruitment marketer and i've been in this position as well you do feel that you have to push back a lot and say we can't do this we can't do that and eventually it just erodes that relationship where eventually a consultant won't come to you with ideas and they'll either do it themselves or they just won't bother doing it at all So wow. I probably should have explained, Alex, I do apologise. I like to ramble a lot. I feel like we get to the question somewhere along the lines. But again, if anyone asks a question and I've not actually answered it, just send me a message afterwards and I'll, I'll actually answer it.
0: No, I think, I think you absolutely did. And it's interesting you said there that it's when you say no, so many times people stop asking, right? And I guess you need to pick your moments to say yes you know, and, and find the extra time and to build that relationship, to cement it that relationship. Um one one thing you did mention there which, you know I, I didn't have plan to ask you, but actually you've brought it up, so I'm gonna ask you anyway. <laughs> um you mentioned that the marketers are looking after the job board spend. Do you do you think that job board spend should sit with marketing?
1: Um my honest takes no. Um what what I see it as is something that I would love. Further down the line, it will be automated, it'll be beautiful, it'll be AI driven. I know there's tools out there at the moment that will do that, but at the moment i would love consultants to just be purely responsible for that so as long as you give them the data we're not quite there at handle at the moment but if you can give a consultant the data to say if you post this advert it costs you this amount of money you will get say a hundred applicants do you know only one of those applicants is likely to even get onto our crm so you make that decision do you want to post to that job board or do you not And if consultants start thinking strategically around where they're posting jobs, then it's amazing. The big issue you have, and you see a lot in recruitment businesses, is the ROI of job boards is based on how much you spend to how many placements are made from that job board source, which is an absolutely ridiculous way to measure whether a job board is good because you're completely eradicating the fact of how much admin time is spent there. And it comes back to that if you're having to um, sift through a thousand candidates to maybe get one, just don't bother. There's probably better ways for you to be investing your time. So, yeah, I'd love consultants to be in charge.
0: Because, you know, obviously I speak to a lot of recruit marketers and, and obviously I talk about budget as well because at some point I'd love to be in their budget, being really frank. So I, I hear frustrations from them that, you know, the job board budget is this and they don't actually control the spend there. Um, and I guess where I was going with that question was, what do you think marketing should be in control of? And if you, if you were setting up, and I'd ask this question to everybody, if you were setting up a recruitment agency right now, you had investment, you were going to have 10 people what would that split look like? Who would make up your business?
1: That's an awful question, but I'm gonna go for it. So um, if we're, let's assume we're outsourcing back office because that then removes quite a big headache and won't piss off too many of my colleagues. So all back office, apart from marketing, is being um, outsourced. I would still go with as many marketing savvy consultants as possible and from a marketing team i i really do think that we should keep marketing lean so what you can do is again you've got to have a couple of people or maybe you go to that one per 30 consultants in a business but you have to have the flexibility and the budget as well to be able to pull in different experts if you just have a massive marketing team full of generalists if you really want to push the boat out and do something really cool you've not got the expertise or skills to do it and you've spent all of your money on talent and um, headcount and you can't actually then outsource to get the best designers you can't then get um, the best data architects could be that if it's a campaign and even looking at some of the comments down the side if you are then looking to say with your board automation get involved with a tool Yes, a recruitment marketer can be involved in that, but you want experts to be able to deliver that for you. So I know, so I know, I know you think that's... An I'll all keep it quite lean. And this, what's
0: interesting is every, every marketer I speak to says the same thing. So the point I try and get across with this is a lot of recruitment business owners always say, oh no, marketing, they just want more people. They just want more people. You know, they want a copywriter, they want a videographer, they want a web designer, they want all of this in-house, when actually it's not the case at all. It's not the case. They just want to have the freedom to make sure they've got the right people for the campaigns they're executing on. Um, Which is why I always ask that question because nobody's ever said to me, I would have eight people in marketing. I'd have a copywriter over there. I'd have someone manage my ad work campaigns. Nobody has said that at all. Um, So it's just making the point that if there are any recruitment business owners watching this, marketing know what they're doing and they will bring in the right people at the right times. So with that, I want to run through the most common complaints from salespeople off the back of our survey. The first one we've already touched on enough, so not enough communication. We've all said we need to be talking a lot more with our salespeople. The the second one is actually that the posts are too generic and they're, they're talking about social media posts. So when we, we asked about the content that your, your marketers are producing, how do you feel about it? And they just said the posts are too generic. What
1: do you think about that? Um, I agree entirely. And there's a reason for that. Unless you're a very... Niche recruitment business, there is what you have, and let's just use LinkedIn as an example. And I'll use Handle as an example here. We'll have 65,000 LinkedIn followers. Everyone within that group has a very different specialism or focus. You cannot produce one piece of content that is going to resonate with everyone in that audience. So you have to, by nature, because it's big brand marketing you have to keep it quite generic and what you have to do though is to build into that that consultants can then take that message tailor it for their audience and their community and then they use that marketing so if you post something on linkedin for example they then have to look at it and go how would this be relevant to my audience they repost and reshare and engage that way so by nature And again, you've only got a few marketers doing this. If you expect a marketer to be creating very niche content for every single audience, you're going back to that's quite a big spend that you're going to be putting in there. So my approach is very much having big hero pieces, but having the flexibility for each team to then tailor it for their audience.
0: Perfect. And I think that's what a lot of consultants need to hear because I guess what Rich is saying there is you can solve that yourself. The posts are generic and they have to be. But if you want to tailor them, do it, but get involved with marketing. You know, if, you don't, if you just go, and go, oh, that's too generic, I'm not posting it, well then that's your own problem, <laughs> really. Um, the third one is actually don't ask for our opinions, which I think goes into communication, but looping back into a successful campaign, I, I guess it comes with getting their opinions right at the start so they feel bought in. I, I think yeah. we've covered that already, but the fourth one I find really interesting. So the fourth biggest complaint was that marketers have a lack of industry knowledge. So they don't feel like they are the experts and the, you know, if if they say, let's take creative industries, for example, creative industries are broken down into even more niches, right? So I guess their complaint is that you don't know their niche. So how could you market it?
1: Yeah. But the challenge is you have to leverage their expertise. So it's about being inquisitive. So that is the one thing that recruitment marketers need to be is inquisitive. If you go to a director or even a junior consultant that's living and breathing conversations with people within that niche every day, they're going to have more knowledge. So if you just go in, speak to them, drill down and find out, it's those wonderful questions, isn't it? What's the biggest challenge of your network at the moment? If you know that, you can then produce marketing for it. I'd I'd back myself to blag it and give it a go. (laughs) If someone came up to me today and said, right, we've got this really niche um, reporting language that only seven people in the UK know. I know all seven of them, but you can not do a campaign for those people because you don't understand it. Huh? They're the experts, we're not the experts. So a bit like you're doing, Darren, ask the experts for their opinion, their challenges, their advice, and then you just market solutions back to them. So I'm never going to be able to know the intricate issues of everybody that's on our database, that our consultants do. So as long as they feed that back into marketing, you can then create campaigns that work around it. So again, everything comes back to communication.
0: It, it does, and and the last, the last complaint actually is exactly where you just touched on. So the, the final complaint from salespeople is that marketing make them share irrelevant content, which obviously hits home for us because Pager is a tool to get your sales team sharing your marketing content. Um, so to hear that complaint, it, it you know it hit home because we 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 do let people segment people by department, location, and tags. Whether people use that functionality or not, you know we don't control that. So how forget Pager for for example, how do you make sure that the content you're asking them to share is relevant to them?
1: You quickly find out. So you just use that caveat: only share this content if you think it is relevant to your network. If you then have a LinkedIn post and three people have liked it, they have made that decision not to share or like that content because it's not relevant to their audience. So the stats show yourself. And it's probably quite a basic metric to use, but if people aren't sharing your content, clearly you talk to them to find out why they're not sharing it. If they come back and say it's not relevant, then you either say, can you find a way to make it relevant? Or, is there something we can support you with to make it relevant? So I'm just gonna keep saying communication at the end of every single question you ask me.
0: No, but it is though, isn't it? That's, and that's what's so funny, I guess. It is just a case of talking. And you know, we're in a people industry, but we don't, we don't talk internally. That's really what's coming to light. Does anyone have any more questions from the, the audience? If it like we're on who wants to be a millionaire? Um, and <laughs> <I enter> my <laughs> final, final question for Richard. That's it. we will
1: be doing quizzes, so. I reckon my general knowledge is pretty strong.
0: (laughs) Jim, Maddox, anyone? Anyone got any more questions? No? Cool. All right, so my my final question to you is, what's your number one tip? And I know you're going to say communication, but other than communication, what's your number one tip to get yourselves and marketing teams working close together? (laughs)
1: Work with people you like. So you will get... How many recruit it's a crap stat, but how many recruitment businesses are there? Some will say like 20, 30, 40,000 recruitment businesses. And then a marketer will go to a recruitment business because it's got a great brand and just realize they don't get on with anyone in that business. And then they go to work every day and just feel like they're fighting with people every single day to get their job done. If you genuinely like the people you work with, all of this and this relationship and communication and trust just happens. So yes. I've, it's the bad bit of advice, and it kind of ties into this podcast, the bit of advice I give to anyone that's going into a recruitment business is they go onto the sales floor, chat to people. If you wouldn't go and have a beer with 75% of those people, it's not the right business for you because you're not going to be able to build a proper relationship with this business. So just don't be a dick. Don't work with dicks. It's quite easy, really, isn't it?
0: It's funny because I, I was on a, um, a webinar today and I won't name any names, but the, the marketer that basically said they can't get the sales manager to buy into marketing. And um, what was my advice? My advice was to get a new job. <laughs> you know, if the, if the sales manager doesn't believe in marketing and your CEO is not stepping in saying, no, marketing is a thing. So if you've not got any buy-in from anyone else in the business, you can get another job. There are, there are recruitment agencies out there that value marketing and you, you don't waste your time. Yeah, it's
1: it's quite a tough thing to say to people because you're almost going to them, and most marketers will feel naturally it's their fault that things aren't working. And let's be honest, in some cases, it will be that they're just not very good at what they do. But a lot of the situations will just be they're not in the right business. If you haven't got a supportive um, leadership team, if you've not got a supportive owner, you're just fighting and fighting and fighting and one of the things that's come out of a lot of conversations i've had recently is once we're in these really tough times everyone reverts back to what they feel safe with doing it's actually one of the whatsapp groups that you're in as well glenn the conversation that happened earlier glenn, I am i'm Darren, really
0: richard i'm not glenn
1: <sighs> okay glenn's group glenn's group well, darren's <laughs> group i need to start drinking don't i <laughs> um, <laughs> so in Glenn's group, the Lonely Marketers uh, WhatsApp group, one of the conversations that was happening was people were kind of feeling pissed off about their owners because they've been furloughed or around how people are being treated at the moment. And it comes back to just having that little bit of compassion and empathy that recruitment businesses at the moment, even though marketing's really, really key, really, really important to what we're doing, you've got recruitment owners that are worried about how they're going to be paying. Their bills this month because cash flow is really, really tight. So if they have furloughed even an entire marketing team, that doesn't mean that they don't agree with marketing, that they don't think that marketing's a great thing. They've just had to make a really tough decision that they felt was right at the time. And hopefully it comes out the other end where they go, When you guys were here, weren't here, things weren't as good. I don't feel like our pipeline's going to be as strong as it was because you weren't here. And I think it will click. So We'd have to have that little bit of compassion at the moment of again these really, really tough times to work out that most owners appreciate marketing, but they don't understand it. And this works with, and it would be a great stat to know of how many recruitment owners have been a recruiter. I would expect it's 99%. Yeah, I mean so, yeah, they relate and can connect with every recruiter in the business. For a recruitment MD, or recruitment CEO, marketers, and especially when we like to talk in jargon a little bit as well, we can make them feel a little bit uncomfortable because what we do, they might not necessarily understand how we're actually doing it. So it's always going to be a little bit uncomfortable for them. So you just have to work with them, get that trust, support them. If it then gets to the end and they really don't get marketing, just leave and find someone that's a little happier, a little nicer that you want to work with.
0: There you go. And that's, I don't think that's going to be the takeaway advice is get a new job, but uh, <laughs> try to communicate first. I think the big thing was to communicate throughout. So mate, yeah. I really, really appreciate your time tonight. I appreciate you taking time out from the family, you know, having a ginger beer with me. It's uh, a beer. No judgment here. No judgment here. But <laughs> thank you so much. And, uh, like i said at the start you've really helped me over the last couple of years you're an absolutely fantastic guy so thank you for your time and yeah just being you
1: cheers mate hey, it's been an absolute pleasure and okay. again i will say if anyone that's um on the webinar at the moment feel free to drop me a linkedin request if you've got any questions that you haven't asked that i've rambled with and i never gave you an answer just send me a message i'm more than happy to have a chat amazing and i'm sure loads of people will take that up from you from you so Perfect. Well, thank you
0: for joining us, everyone, and I will catch up with you soon. Fantastic. See you all.